On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we'll be bringing in J.D. Young, the host of Locked On San Jose Sharks. We'll be discussing the matchup between the Panthers and the Sharks in their final matchup of the season and the Panthers looking for their first three-game winning streak of the season. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On San Jose Sharks podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers and Locked On San Jose Sharks podcast your first listen of the day. For everybody on the San Jose Sharks feed, let me introduce myself. My name is Armando Velez, the host of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. And thankful to be doing a yet another crossover edition of Locked On Panthers and Locked On Sharks with the host of Locked On Sharks and former Florida resident and Miami Dolphins fan, J.D. Young. J.D., great great to be doing this again. Yes, it's, it's always a treat when we, our teams get to play each other. Uh, one, because... You, your team always kind of just smacks the crap out of the Sharks. But two, it's just fun to talk about uh, Florida sports in general and, you know, um, our, our love of the Dolphins. So, yes, it's, it's always a good time. Yes, and you can follow uh, J.D. Young at MyFryHole on Twitter as well. And don't forget that this episode, uh, this crossover of Locked on Panthers and Locked on Sharks is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sportsbook partner of Locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. And yes, JD, uh, the the connection with uh, with the Greers that you that you happen to be a fan of both teams, and of course the the Dolphins they uh, they uh, hired a new D coordinator in uh, Vic Fangio. So yes, very exciting times uh, yes. to, for for this region, <laughs> uh, a team that took a step back defensively. Maybe uh, I, I have more than one run. stack, more than one step back defensively, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to be nice, especially with all the injuries and all yes, that yes. stuff that happened this year. Uh, Brandon Jones, Nick Needham, you name it. But let's talk about this matchup. This is what the listeners came here to uh, listen for, uh, for Panthers, Sharks. And we, 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 know what, we know what the writing is on the wall for San Jose, what they're coming in for, of course, Mike Greer, which when I was down in South Florida for, for All-Star Weekend, the United by hockey truck had a picture of Mike Greer about being the first black GM in NHL history. So I think that was, it was in, like in a little corner. I actually, yeah, I actually, uh, actually I sent that to you over a text message you did uh, the other it, day. Yes. So, I did. So, I did notice it was like in the little corner. I, yes. So, yeah. So pretty cool. So I have a few, uh, I have a few uh, over unders uh, questions for you just to get right started, okay. right started at the, at, at for this crossover. Uh, over under for you, at the times that you look at Tankathon in a week, two point five. Oh, over, over or easy. under? Over easy. Every day, every day, <laughs> every day. 
<laughs> multiple times a day sometimes. I'll look at it before the games and after the games to see where the movement. So, um, yeah, like you could have put the number at like 20 and it's probably still pushing over. <laughs> Man, I was a little too nice when trying to yes, ask for those yes. odds. So... So yeah, um, I look at I look at Tankathon for different reasons for uh, the Montreal pick that that Florida sends to them, and right now zero percent chance at it being number one overall, but still a two point five percent chance finishing in the lottery. Um, the next one for you, over under, and the reason why this one is so low is because of what a lot of people think about a possible trade. Eric Carlson, over under. 4.5% chance that Eric Carlson gets traded at the trade deadline. I'm going to go 0% chance that Eric Carlson gets traded at the deadline. Um, I just think there's too many obstacles. And the big thing is he has a no movement clause. So if he doesn't want to go anywhere, he doesn't have to go anywhere. But I think there's, as well as Eric Carlson's playing, Eric Carlson has 69 points this season. Nice. Very nice. Uh, 69 points so far this season and 52 games. Uh, he has 52 assists, 17 goals. Um, could, could, could tie Joe Thornton's assist record for the franchise. He needs 40 assists in the last 30 games. Um, as great as he's been playing this year, this doesn't wash out what we've seen from Eric Carlson the last three years, right? Of being injured um being overpaid quite honestly and just not being the same eric carlson and i don't know what gm or team is able to fit in eric carlson's 11 and a half million dollars for the next four seasons after this it's mm -hmm. not like he's an expiring contract or even has a year left it's four more years after this of eric carlson at 11 and a half million dollars Pierre Lebrun thinks that if this trade happens, it's going to be a summertime trade where you can have a little bit more flexibility in the offseason. You can kind of make some more moves, you know, reshape your roster that way. I just I don't see Eric Carlson being traded at the deadline um, just because I think there's just too many obstacles and too many pieces you have to try to figure out in such a short amount of time. Yeah, and that's why I set the over-under very low because that's <laughs> the same thing that I've been hearing. It's it's a really hard contract with a lot of term left on it. And there's still also a lot of term on other players um, around the San Jose Shark, like um, Vlasic and Couture on the team. Um, Vlasic's uh, no-move clause because of modified no-trade clause next year, but you're, you're thinking about someone who's in his mid-30s at, at the moment as well. So that's going to be another contract to move as well he's but, played much better this season but he's still not worth his seven million dollar like if you were paying plastic like three million you would we would not be having this conversation type of thing but it's just what you know you're paying for past performance and he's been bad for the past couple of years uh but yeah Vlasic, he's you know you you just kind of hold your nose up when you look at the contract now yeah yeah and and even even and it's crazy because even for the sharks e even if this flat cap stays uh w w and rises only to 83.5 17 17 million dollars in cap space for the sharks at the moment and and also the big the big elephant in the room as well is a a tr uh, a possible trade of Timo Meyer who's going to be an expiring deal he has 11 more goals than the next best he's on rfa rfa so he's rfa he's, excuse me yes so he has so. an rfa he's an rfa um if the sharks wanted to keep him next year and just give him his qualifying offer it's a 10 million dollar uh qualifying offer so most likely um 
he's going to sign a long-term extension if it's with the Sharks or if he gets traded at the trade deadline and it's signs a new eight-year deal with whatever team, like we just saw with Bo Horvat with the Islanders, right, where he signed an eight-year deal before you even play a game with them um, type of situation. But if the Sharks really, really want to drag this out, they could not trade him, sign him to his one-year $10 million qualifying offer, and then redo this whole thing again next year. But um, I think we're going to have push comes to shove at the trade deadline, and we'll figure out Timo Meyer's future then. Yeah, and if you don't end up trading him in the trade deadline, uh, it kind of sounds like a Matthew Kachuk situation in Calgary where he was an RFA before getting traded. And, and it's like, I would have been only signed a one-year deal in Calgary and then probably would have moved on. So it kind of sounds like the same uh, situation for for uh, Timo Meyer over there in uh, San, Ho- San Jose. Uh, and it's funny because we, we know that the I, because you are so plugged in as well to the Barracuda as well, uh, we know the future is... William Eklund and Thomas Bordalo. Um, mm-hmm. How close are they to uh, making a, a be part of the full-time roster for the Sharks? I think this year, I mean, this is something we haven't really seen from San Jose being very, very patient with their prospects, right? Um, old GM Doug Wilson, he would kind of, I, I mean, William Eklund made the team last year coming out of training camp, right? Um, before he was sent back to Sweden. Um Thomas Bordalo played three games in the AHL before the Sharks signed him to his ELC to get him to play on the Sharks last year, and he played eight games with the Sharks. Um, but we are seeing Mike Greer is is a much more patient man than what we have seen before, and um, I think they will both get some NHL games at some point this year because I think you want to kind of reward these guys for their success, right, and see, okay, like what have you learned but um, I don't think they're going to be full-time players until next year, to be honest. I think um, Mike Greer has really come out and wanted to, you know, with, with the Barracuda, establish a culture of winning down there and letting these young guys kind of marinate and learn how to win and learn how to play winning hockey down there. And the Barracuda are kind of fighting for a playoff spot in the in the Pacific Division the AHL right now. Um, but, I mean, Mike Greer has done a lot of work to try to kind of bolster up this AHL team by signing or trading uh, for veteran players who can help them win now. So, you know, again, I think he, he wants to have these guys learn how to win and we're seeing the strides that they're making. Clint uh, is on a seven game point streak right now. Currently um, he, you can kind of see the confidence growing of him being, you know, when every time he steps on the ice, he knows I'm the best player out here and he's starting to play like that. And as much as I want to watch William Eklund in the NHL, he will get there. I'm trying to be patient, but uh, yeah, William Eklund is, you know, I think it's going to be next year where, where they're going to give it, be given a real opportunity to win their NHL jobs. So. Mm-hmm. And definitely uh, it, we're, we're starting to kind of see ho- starting next year for the Sharks as the youth movement. Of course, we spoke about some of the veterans who are, who still have a whole bunch of tournaments. It sounds like a little bit of LA Kings uh, with their, their core that won some championships and now you're making room for the younger guys. So it kind of sounds very similar to what another Southern, another uh, California team is uh, doing, but uh, we're going to move on to the segment number two, where we're, where we're going to flip the script and JD asked me some Florida Panthers related questions, but first JD, tell us about FanDuel. So got to mention our friends over at FanDuel uh, right now. If you don't know it's Super Bowl week, right? And the only app you need for your Super Bowl party is at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. 
We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because of the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. So download the FanDuel app now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You get to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And FanDuel, you bet on everything from money line to point spread, so even score a touchdown. I love, I love a Travis Kelsey touchdown. I love a Jalen Hurts rushing touchdown. It just both feel right to me in this game. So FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you get paid uh, your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Back on this second segment here of this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and the Locked On San Jose Sharks podcast. And flipping the script over to you, JD. Okay. Um, the Panthers are in a kind of a weird spot, right? Where they're kind of all in, but they're not good enough right now, I guess, to kind of compete with the big names, right? You kind of went yeah. all in last year. Um you know, they have uh, literally no picks to, to trade. So what are they going to do at the trade deadline? Is it just sit tight and like, what is the Panthers plan right now? I guess for the rest of the season <laughs> right now, right now they're stuck in LTIR right now. Their total cap is 87 million just over. And right now they're saving $3.1 million in cap space for a possible Anthony Duclair return, which could happen at any time. And we got word about, when he's going to return, it's basically whenever he feels like he's ready. And the example that I keep discussing on the show is looking at the Max Pacioretty situation that happened in Carolina where we hard to say whether he came back earlier than he was supposed to, but he did re-injure that same Achilles that he had. He yeah. got injured after Duclair, but then came back before Duclair. So... And this, uh, I believe Duclair's injury to his Achilles happened on July 2nd. I, be I believe that's the exact date. And and now we're in February, so seven months later. The, usually around the timeline of when an Achilles would heal. So I, I think the Panthers are kind of seeing Duclair as the, as, the, as, as the trade deadline acquisition. And the thing is for the Panthers is... It's gonna it's gonna come down to really the final the the eleventh hour when it comes to the trade deadline because there's still ten games left before before the trade deadline around around there March March third is the is the day mm -hmm. and we don't know whether they're gonna be in buyer mode or sell mode. One thing we know is that they they need to start trading to for they 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 should start trading for penalty killers because they they have one of the worst units in the NHL. Even in their even in the month that they finished about a 650 points percentage, which basically kind of saved their season, especially when Sergey Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight both mm -hmm. went down with injury and had Alex Lyon playing six straight games. Calder <laughs> Trophy champion Alex Lyon, <laughs> uh, who basically saved the Panthers' season in that stretch. But you, you're gonna. It really just depends on what these next few games are are going to look like for the Panthers. Whether they should sell some of their expiring contracts, like an Eric Stahl, Mark Stahl, Radko Gudis, as well, 
or to try to get some assets back to make something an even bigger move. And both the Sams have been kind of in trade rumors as well, but both of them have just, especially Bennett recently paired, um, put on a line with Matthew Kachuk. He's been performing so much better um, recently with, with that and the Carter and Carter Hagee as well. And Sam Reinhart is part of that top line with Alexander Barkov and Anton Lindell. So is it something that Bill Zito wants to mess with? Right now, the right now the Panthers are playing their best stretch that they've had this season, and they and they still haven't had a three game winning streak this season. A win, a win on Thursday could do could very well do that. But you know, I don't want to I don't want to guarantee anything. The Sharks <laughs> also looking for a three game winning streak right now after beating the Penguins and beating the Mighty Lightning here in back to back games. Uh, <laughs> Uh, granted, there was a ten games uh, break be- or ten day break between there, but yes, uh, both teams looking for a three game winning streak here. So what I mean, you you mentioned the penalty killer. The Sharks, of course, are going to be sellers at the deadline. May I offer you one, Nick? Slightly used Nick Benino uh, <laughs> as a potential penalty killer uh, for for the for the you know for the Panthers if you're trying to add your penalty to your penalty kill, um, but. I mean, what do you think has been the big reason for, I, I mean, you have to say this season's a bit disappointing, right? Especially what we saw from the Panthers last year. What do you think is big, kind of the reason why this this team hasn't been among one of the top teams in the East? Well, of course, penalty killing is is number one. And not having a an extended stretch of good goaltending. And we've seen, we, we've seen Sergei Bobrovsky perform pretty poorly in the first two months of the season, but he's turned it on mm-hmm. in the last in, in since December 1st. And then once we got it together in, in December and then early January, then he goes down and we mentioned Alex Lyon earlier, but Hey, uh, Sergey Borowski keeps the Panthers in, in their game again early against the Tampa Bay lightning right before they blow the doors open against them on Monday night. Um, so it's it's been that as well, and as far as and even early on, the power play for the Panthers was is average now somewhat somewhere in the top ten. But really early in the season, they were losing to teams that they shouldn't have lost to on the road against Arizona, Philadelphia, Chicago. They almost blew they almost blew their game against the San Jose Sharks the first go round too, which they blew a two goal lead before Sam Reinhart scored the shootout winner and at that time when sam reinhardt scored that shootout winner he hadn't had a goal at <laughs> all in the season and and he was having a hard time with, with with gaining his confidence and that was actually the turning point at that time to sam reinhardt season even though it was in uh in november um so that the the Panthers weren't getting the timely scoring, but now the Panthers just offensively are just firing mm-hmm. on all cylinders. It, it was just and the expected numbers. The Panthers were are up there in expected goals, but they weren't manifesting itself on the ice. But now we're starting to see the law of averages coming together for the Panthers. So you know th- those models have their purposes. So that's why. <laughs> so so e- even though I don't always refer to those uh, models. We we can see how they manifest itself over over a eight, over a now we're at fifty four games for the Panthers so now we're so, starting to see uh, the law of averages for this team. All right, uh, before we got to get into 
the keys to this game and discuss kind of how we see this game going and what what the kind of road to victory for each team. Uh, I do want to let you guys know about our friends over at Built Bar. Um, if you guys know about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. And if you're like me, maybe you had a little too much fun this holidays. You got to try to kind of maybe work off some of that weight, uh, but you still want to have that delicious snack everywhere. That's where Built Bar is the best way to go. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. But great thing about them is they only have 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And if you don't like waiting around like me, I hate waiting for mail. Now you can just go over Walmart. You go grab a box Go over to Sam's Club. They have them as well. But at Walmart, you get a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Or if you live close to Sam's Club, you get a big 13-bar box with flavors like brownie chur- uh, batter and churro. Or make sure you check out Built.com where they have new flavors. Or if you want, you don't know which one is your favorite, check out the assortment pack where they have come with a bunch of different ones so you can find out which one is your next favorite. So make sure you guys are checking out uh, Built Bar at either Walmart, Sam's Club, or at Built.com. Third and final segment here on this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On San Jose Sharks podcast. And before we go to the keys of the game, I find it so ironic, J.D., that Matt Benning's only goal of the season, brother of Mike Benning, came against the Panthers. How how ironic is that? It's weird how things like that happen a lot. It feels like stuff like that. So it, Benning's going to score tonight, right? That's like a guarantee. <laughs> it, it, I bet I bet he could send maybe a text message to his brothers like, "Hey, did you see that again? It, yeah. I, I hope I hope I play the Panthers every single night." So because he gets to he gets to uh, score. It, it's funny because uh, going back to the Panthers a little bit, um, Patrick Hornquist was on LTIR. Um, and he's been there since, uh, December 3rd, which happened to be his second concussion of the season. The first one actually came against the San Jose Sharks where Luke Cunning got a five minute major and a, a game misconduct. And then the second one came against Seattle, which he hasn't seen the ice since. So he's the mm-hmm. odd man out when it comes to LTIR and not being able to be activated for the Panthers. That's, uh, something, uh, worth mentioning, uh, on, on the show. And, um, now let's get to the keys of the game for the Panthers. It's crazy because even though the San Jose Sharks give up a lot of goals, they score it, a lot. <laughs> it, it's still crazy how their penalty kill is still very strong. And 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 it's been like that for for even last season too. So that's one thing that that, that the that the San Jose Sharks are uh, that is is very encouraging for them. And we we even spoke about last time about five on five scoring. It's been the Eric Carlson show and the Timo Meyer show for for the for the Sharks. And the thing is, for the Panthers, continue that red hot power play. They finished first in the month of January in power play percentage, even though they're even though they were th- third worst in PK percentage. <laughs> You still gotta you you still gotta find a way to just continue getting getting on the power play and even it, it, and even in their seven to one victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning, which still feels very great to say, they got a power play goal at the very end and they continued that great uh, power play percentage that they have had in in the last uh, few months. And an injury update for Sasha Barkov is he skated before practice, 
but he didn't skate with the group, but he is still mm. expected to play. Uh, game time decision. He's going to take a skate, and then we're um, and then we'll we'll see about his game status. He did take a shot to the to the hand, um, and he missed the rest of the game on Tuesday against Tampa Bay. So that's a little bit of an injury update for the captain Sasha Barkov. So keys to the game for San Jose. Well, you mentioned the penalty kill for the Sharks where it has been good, but you have been seeing kind of cracks in the foundation recently. And, you know, they were kind of first or second for majority of the year. And then kind of in December, you saw we've seen it started to, to crack. And I, they played pretty well against the Lightning. Um, they had they gave up a ton of power play opportunities. I think the Lightning were on the power play six times. They did give up a, a power play goal in the first period uh, to Lightning, but they were able to kind of rebound the rest of that game. But as we're seeing, the Sharks are starting to kind of trade off some of these pieces, right? You trade off Matt Nieto, known for his uh, penalty kill prowess. You trade off Jacob Megna, one of the Sharks' big defensive penalty killers. Like, you're starting to kind of see pieces getting pulled out and, you know, the old Damashek Jenga piece, right? Which one is that one piece before the whole tower falls? And you're starting to see with the, the tower, the, the PK tower is getting a little wobbly here. So, um, so that that definitely worries me where against such a good and potent uh, uh, Panthers power play, if the Sharks lose the five on or if the Sharks lose the special teams battle here, I don't feel good about their chances against the Panthers in this game. Um, I think, though, you know, for the Sharks, like you said, it's the Eric Carlson and Timo Meyer show and they have, you know, Timo Meyer's already at 30 goals. Um I talked about in yesterday's episode, he is well on his way to kind of, if he finishes the season with San Jose, he's well on his way to entering one of the kind of historically best seasons in Sharks territory uh, or in Sharks, you know, franchise history, 30 goals right now. If he gets 40, um, that would be the fifth time in, in franchise history where the Sharks have had a 40 goal score, you know, and even Eric Carlson, like he is 11 or sorry, uh, 14 points away from breaking Brent Burns' uh, franchise record for defense uh, defenseman at 83 points. We still have 30 games left. Uh, like, what he's doing Crazy. right now is insane. It's like we might see a 100-point defenseman for the first time since 92, 93. Like, it's been 30 years. <laughs> it's been 30 years. Um, Armando, um, I don't think you were uh, – yeah, you weren't – when Brian Leach did that, huh, buddy? You were – I was almost born. So, so i'm 29 yes. so okay you're you're close so close uh, you know. close enough so close enough so yes it's, uh, it's if they're they're the keys right if they are if those guys step on the ice and they are the best players on the ice which we have seen many many nights doesn't matter who else is on the ice if those guys step on the ice and you're just like we're gonna be the best players tonight the sharks have a chance but um again i'm the pk really worries me against the panthers and um, we'll see in, in goal. Capo Kacken has strung together a couple good games here against the Penguins and then against um, the Lightning on Monday or Tuesday, whatever. Can he do it again? That's my that's that's it's always been with Capo Kacken. Okay, let's see that third one, and then that's where things usually go off the rails. Mm-hmm. And one thing that the Panthers and the Sharks are very similar uh, similarity is the way their schedule is. Right now, the Panthers have played a majority of road games this season where the next few few weeks to ne- next uh, month is mostly home heavy. And looking at the Sharks, oh my goodness, the last like three weeks, you have a long road trip, all-star break, and then this three-game road trip, uh, which finishes off in Washington on, on Super Bowl Sunday. And then it's home heavy for the, for the, for the Sharks too. So that's a, that's, 
The Sharks, are actually, really... the Sharks are actually worse at home than they are on the road. Their record at home is abysmal this year. It's like one of the worst. It's insane how bad they are at home. Um, no idea why, but they've actually been a better road team than they have been a home team this year. Like it's it, it's kind of crazy. Vegas is the same way. Yeah, where where Vegas performs so much better on the road that they that they than they do at home. So it's kind of, it's kind of strange uh, how the how, how that works. I mean, it, it's also a great time for team bonding, especially for a very young team in San Jose and a little bit of. They're not even young. That's well, crazy. not young, but not young, but like <laughs> they're not even young. Building. They're just like they right. have like one rookie on the the like the team right now. It's Nick Chichek, and actually no, not, Chichek's not even on the team right now. It's they have like no rookies playing right now. That's the crazy thing about this season. That's what drives me nuts a little. bit. I'm gonna go on a rant here. You're going like the Sharks are losing. They're going to be a top five, like top five draft pick this year, but none of the rookies are playing like this is just all veterans. So you're not even like getting the the rookie experience like, okay, let's let these young guys play and kind of figure it out. No, we still got to go through that part of, of the rebuild of like, oh, let's let the young guys play and figure it out. So God, I hope Connor Bedard's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So looking, I'm, I'm looking again at their uh, at their home record: five, five, twelve, and seven. While on the road, it's eleven, thirteen, and four for for San Jose. So it's like night and day for 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 this team that's c- consistently traveling. But hey, uh, a lot of ho- home games coming up. But before we wrap up, coming up. <laughs> but, um, before we wrap up this uh, show. Of course, uh, we spoke about how they wrap up their road trip against the Washington Capitals on Super Bowl Sunday, and this will be a good time to talk about the big game uh, on Sunday. Let's uh, let's let's spend a few minutes uh, talking about that. Um, who do you have on Sunday between the Eagles and the Chiefs? Uh, my heart, my heart says Eagles because my mom's like a diehard Eagles fan, um, but I think Patrick Mahomes is just too good. Uh, so Patrick Holmes is really good. And I know it'll be interesting to see how his ankle has like healed up in the past couple, you know, the past couple weeks since last time we saw him, but that Eagles pass rush is insane. And if Mahomes is like, I mean, what, what percentage of Mahomes do you feel good about? If it's like 80% Mahomes, do you feel good? Like 75% Mahomes, do you feel good? Like, where's the like line where you're like, yeah, I feel I feel like well, this percent Mahomes is is good enough to to kind of overcome that. But um, yeah, if, if the Eagles like the Eagles road to victory is, I think their their defensive line just dominates this game. And then with the way that their offense can play so many styles, right? If they want to, if you want to run the ball fifty times, the Eagles can run the ball fifty times. If they want to sling around the yard, that they can do that as well. But I just think Mahomes is just so good that he can kind of overcome whatever the Eagles throw at him. So um, I'm going to say Chiefs 27, Eagles 24. I also have the Chiefs, but man, games are won and lost in the trenches. I know you hear that. Yes. It's, it's, yeah, that's, we see we saw it against Mahomes against the Bucks a couple of years ago. The same exact thing where it's like, yeah, Mahomes is really good, but when he, he's scrambling for his life back there, yeah. Mm, that's what that's what was happening just two 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 years ago in the Super Bowl. So, but I I feel I feel that I I, I feel that so many Jalen Hurts had so many great things built around him, and he and hey, um, if if you can build around around a a cheap 
a cheap quarterback contract as well, then then by all means, AJ Brown is one of them as as well. And they spend cheap on running backs, so it's a very expendable position. So if if you're the Dolphins, don't spend <laughs> big on a running back, please, for the love of God. <laughs> so so uh, it, it just goes to uh, goes to show that you can get by with that. But I once again, I think uh, I I do think that. Patrick Mahomes is going to find a way to to win his second championship and even with that high cap pit of his in Kansas City um he's going to show that he is right now the best quarterback in the NFL if if he isn't already there already so he's the so, best quarterback I, yeah I think he, he I think he proved it this playoffs right now I mean the way yeah the way he's playing especially with the ankle sprain and yeah I mean John Josh Allen pooped his pants and Joe Burrow had a Joe Burrow had a chance if Joe Burrow could have, you know, if, if they come down and, you know, they had two chances to go down and score and they weren't able to. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think uh, Mahomes right now is, has got the crap. He's got the belt. So until someone takes it away from Mahomes. Yeah. And great news about Josh Allen is his new contract kicks in next year. So some of the free, some of the, the some of the bills, uh, the bills won't be able to pay their other guys. So that's good news for Miami. That's for sure. But <laughs> JD, I want to thank you so much for uh, jumping on this crossover edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast and Locked On Sharks. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you online. Uh, you can, of course, find me on Twitter at my fry hole. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked On Sharks. Of course, listen wherever you get podcasts: Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, and watch on YouTube as well. If you, I know you guys don't have draft picks, but if you like draft coverage, uh, <laughs> I. I Locked on Sharks is the place to go for draft coverage. Uh, we have right now, between now and the draft, we have at least one draft profile a week where we deep dive into a top uh, top prospect, learn more about them, all that fun stuff. So um, I think it's one of the best things I do is my draft profile. So Definitely fun for a team in transition as you're trying to see the building blocks you have to think about that. the future or else you're going to go crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. But for people on the Sharks feed, you can find me on Twitter at MonoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And follow the show on YouTube as the Panthers are fighting for their playoff lives. So so make sure. To oh, we need a pick. Follow. Who's winning this game? <laughs> so, oh, uh, I'm going to say the Panthers 3-1 three, um, three uh, in, in this one. And they'll find a way to get their first three-game winning streak of the season. I got the Panthers, too. I got 4-2. Um, it's the uh, Eric Carlson and Timo Myers have two points each, but the uh, Sharks continue to lose. So, yes, that, that's why uh, that's my prediction as well. So, <laughs> and, and there are the picks for 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 this show. And hopefully I'm not old takes exposed if the if the Panthers uh, d- don't uh, don't win and don't get their uh, three-game winning streak fi- finally. But, J.D., Thank you so much, and I will see you next time, my friend. Bye, friends. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Stu Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects with Heidi Halakash. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Sports Today. 
Peter Bukowski brings you a 20-minute or less podcast on the entirety of the sports scene with exclusive interviews and the take of the day. Follow Locked On Sports today on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Start my round of Les with J.D. Young. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.